Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of Constructed Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, I have an interview with Gary Maloney. Gary, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Why don't you lead us off with a brief intro and uh, tell us a little about, about the comics that you make. Thanks for having me, Matt. Uh, so my name is Gary Maloney. I'm a comic book writer from Ireland. Uh, I've been creating comics for the last two years or so. So my first book was an anthology that I put together called Mixtape. So it featured six different short stories, six different genres. Uh, and I collaborated with a number of talented folks in that one, both from Ireland and abroad. Uh, that book came out in July of last year uh, on Small Press Day. More recently, I've been working with artist Raquel Kuziak on a more long-form serial called Lens, which mm-hmm. is an espionage thriller about an award-winning photojournalist who also just happens to be one of the world's greatest assassins. So I kind of like use an elevator pitch that's like, what would happen if Lois Lane was secretly John Wick? Very cool. Very cool. I like that a lot. Um, so let's let's go back a little bit to, to mixtape. You uh, am, I, am I gathering this right, that you were sort of the, uh, the editor and the collector of, of all the stories there? Yeah, yeah. So with mixtape, what happened was that it kind of got, the origins of mixtape goes back to 2017. So over here in Ireland, we've got an event every year called Small Press Day, where a bunch of local creators uh, get to show off their wares. They all come together and everyone kind of like supports each other. They normally put on talks to kind of encourage people who go along to make comics themselves and show that you can really do a kind of grassroots comic project and have it have eyes and get have it get some traction. So I went along to this event in 2017 and I've always been writing, always been storytelling in some shape or form, whether it's prose, poetry, what have you. Uh, and comics have always been a medium I really, really enjoy. So I went along to this this uh, small press day event. And just being around the people, chatting with them, and going to these lectures, uh, it just really got me hyped for creating comics again, because I'd written scripts, but they were, they were, I'd never gotten them made or anything like that. They were just kind of like scripts I'd, wrote, I'd written for myself. I might have thrown them in for a submission to a, an anthology or two, uh, but I'd not really done any kind of serious work towards. So I kind of made a challenge to myself, having gone to that event, that, okay, I want to be showcasing at this event next year. I want to have a book out by this event next year. So what I kind of did is that from that day forward, I said, okay, I'm going to try and put together a comic a month, a short comic month. So I kind of took the old Alan Moore approach where Alan Moore said that if you did a four-page short story and you did a load of four-page short stories, then that would kind of teach you how to write because the economy of storytelling, if you can do it in four pages and do it well in four pages, then what will happen when you get 20 pages? So I kind of said, okay, I'm going to do one of these a month and I'm going to put them together. So I'll find an artist, I'll hire the artist, I'll get get it lettered, and I'll throw it up online. And if I get enough of them together, then I can put together a book. So that's where mixtape came from, and that's why mixtape is kind of such a different blend of different genres. Uh, you got your horror stuff, you got supernatural, uh, there's a legal comedy inside there as well, which you don't normally have in comics. Uh, but that's because I just basically put these different four-page short stories together, and when I had six of them, enough of them put together, and I throw them up on Twitter, so they're all available for free, for people to read if they want. Uh, I said, okay, cool. I have these stories and I put together the book and it launched at the, that same small press day event the year after. So I kind of achieved the goal I ha- had and I got, had help along the way with that. I had two friends of mine, Gareth Luby and Paul Carroll, who were, already, who were already making comics and they were showcasing at that event in 2017. Uh, we kind of formed our own little collective called Limit Break Comics and they just kind of to encourage us all to keep making comics and to keep, uh, so someone had essentially had a bit of an accountability. 
so I did that and I did, there was a comic writing course held by a guy called PJ Holden, who's an artist who works with 2008 a lot. He's done Judge Dredd. He does war stories with Garth Ennis from Dynamite from time to time. Uh, so all that kind of stuff collated that I was able to publish this book mixtape uh, by just chipping away and doing it piece by piece until I eventually had a book to put together. Yeah, that's a that's a really awesome story. The 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 one year time frame that you gave yourself, and then sort of the uh, the the four page stories um, to to be collected as 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 one unit. Um, so you wrote those. Uh, did you use different artists uh, each time for each each story? Yeah, each. So I wrote all, all of them, but each of them had a different art team. Uh, other than one story, they all had a consistent. Uh, letterer, so it was Hassan Osmane Elhau who does panel by panel and yeah. panel naked. Uh, so there was a bit of cohesion in that sense. But other than that, most of the stories had different line artists. Uh, some of them had different colorists. Some of them shared colorists. So I think I'd pre, um, I sorry, I had two main colorists on it. So it would have been Ellie Wright, who does a lot of work with Dynamite these days, and a guy called Joe Griffin, who's a local comic creator here. Uh, so. Everything was different and there's very vastly different styles. So one of my, my collaborators, Claire Foley, she operates on canvas. So she actually paints and does watercolors on all her comics. So it's a quite a different style from the rest of them. Or the rest of them might be, for want of a better word, they would be very, very much in terms of house styles that you'd seen in, ma in many of the publishers these days. Uh, whereas Claire's one is completely different because she comes from the fine arts background. So everything, everything was different and that was why one, we chose the term mixtape because it was a bit of a mix of everything and it went from such extremes uh, often. Still, still, when we put it together, we were able to get a, a cohesion in terms of separating out the stories and being able to read, read it. Uh, but it allowed us to explore these different genres and scratch whatever it really wanted. So did you learn anything um, working with uh, each individual like uh, art team? Was there like one in, you know, this is probably true for a lot of proje uh, projects, but, you know, sometimes things go smoother. Sometimes people um, don't understand sort of, you know, where you're coming from, from the script. So were there, were there differences that you found with, with uh, different art teams? I mean, I, I had a great experience with all of the teams I worked on for mixtape. Mm -hmm. uh, it was all, but I think from the start, when I approached any of the artists uh, or my collaborators to work on a story, story for, the, for the collection, it was all about just being very upfront about uh, what the, the budget was if it, uh, in respect to each story, uh, timelines and deadlines, just being you know, like ensuring that everyone was on the same page from the start. That kind of, by getting that done at the very beginning of the process, any difficulties that arise that arose after that they were kind of lessened and it allowed us to get to hammer out any difficulties at the very start rather than have it happen midway through the process uh but it was it was a play, like i had no wish major issues working with any of them uh a couple of them like english wasn't their first language and it was just a matter of trying to accommodate that as well mm -hmm. as part of as part of the process uh but no it was, it was just about trying to get you that there was clear lines of communications that everyone knew what we are trying to achieve and how that should, should be done. And obviously like there, there are things where like there are elements where I should have been clearer on cer certain things in terms of uh, how, how things should have been approached uh, in respect of just the, pro the, the project itself rather than the stories. Uh, but that's something that you, you live and learn from, I think.
and it's something that you know just making sure that everyone is, has a clear understanding of what's happening is i think is the important thing I, that i took away from all those stories and all those different projects that's 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 very very true i i've worked with uh folks that have been in um different uh you know english is not their first language as well and i have to make sure that i when i'm writing that i you know i'm envisioning things in my head and i know what i'm saying but it, it forces me to make sure that i'm i'm very clear and you've probably found that out as well yeah 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 de definitely and it's also like and I, particularly when you're working with, with people like not you have to allow scope for themselves as well so like all my scripts start with a disclaimer which is this is how i think so if it, if it comes to a panel breakdown or how a shot should be composed it's like these are how i see it because uh, what i do is whenever i'm writing a script i also do like like i can't draw for for my life but i do little stick figure thumbnails just so i can see the composition that i know it is possible to work and i've given a framework for how it could work but all the disclaimers this is how i see it going uh if you have a better idea let me know and go with that because i trust you you're the the expert and all these things and i trust your decision on that more so than mine yeah, and that probably um, is is a very good practice, and it makes the artist feel more part of the project and not sort of as like a hired hand. Yeah, but I, that, that's what I kind of want. I want to kind of foster that from the beginning, and when any time I've worked with any of those artists, cause like, those artists, like a lot of them, are very are local to me. We're friends. We go for pints. We meet up, have chats at at uh, conventions or at different signing events that are around the place. And part of that is just like having a clear understanding and making sure that everyone is feel, feels appreciated like like they're all co-creators they're all free to do with any of the shorts that we did they're free to put them into their own collections or put them on their sites as all as, as they whatever they want really want to do, do with it so but it was important for me that i kind of got that across and under and make clear that i considered it a partnership and that's how i wanted to operate on going forward very cool so um you said all of these were four-page stories um what challenges did you have um you know being concise in those in those four pages i think one of the kind of key challenge was to learn what you what what you can do and what, what you can't do within that scope because you're not if, you, if you're going to have a fight scene you can't have the fight scene that drags on for the four pages because one it probably won't be interesting but also it means that there won't be a lot of meat to the story if it's just for action now a lot of the stories in mixtape feature a bit of that action but they're all punctuated by other things. So it was about trying to get it down to as concise a pitch to begin with before I even started writing it. So getting a, what's the story about, hammering out the pacing, what's on page one, what's on page two, what's on page three, like factoring in what are the page turns going to be? Because mm -hmm. in a four page story, you get two page turns. You get the, like the opening page, get page two to three is one page turn, and then the last page is another page turn. So if you're trying to factor in so one of the stories is a horror story so it's not a jump scare but there's a kind of a shocking moment as part part of that uh, so like how do you factor that that in how do you make if there's has to be a transition from one scene to another like it's hard to do it four pages mm -hmm. but if you have to do it where are you going to place it and the way to place it probably is on that page turn rather than do it from page two to three or whatever uh but that was what i kind of learned it was all about kind of like it was a, a lesson in pacing more so than anything else and knowing the knowing what scope a story could have within four pages. You can't write your your galactic space opera that spans twenty generations in the space of four pages. Or maybe you can if you're very, very good. 
but no, it, it was about trying to tailor the, the stories that I chose to proceed with and embark upon uh, very carefully and knowing what kind of scope I wanted them to have. So a lot of them are vignettes within people's lives or vignettes within a particular world. And that's why I chose to do it like, like that because I knew that there was only, within four pages, you were quite limited. So having them as vignettes would work best. Very cool. Um, yeah, that, that was a lot of great advice and, you know, you know, the, the, the scope of thought you put into it for, for four pages, you know, you were really thinking about page turns and, and, and plot and, you know, to do that in four pages is, is very impressive. Um, so let's turn our attention to your, your latest project, uh, Bun and Tea. You have a, you have a story in there uh, called Lens, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have a story called Lens. So Volunty is this project that's been put together by Claire Napier, who is a former editor-in-chief of Women Write About Comics. And she's a freelance editor of comics herself and just a very accomplished comics journalist and comics critic. And so about, it would have been about November of last year, she threw up on Twitter that she was thinking of putting together this ongoing anthology magazine. So like in the UK and Ireland, uh, comics magazines... Uh, were quite popular, and they still are to, to an extent. We still have things like 2000 AD, The Beano, uh, where it's on a fortnightly or weekly basis. New comics are coming out, being serialized in smaller chunks than you would have in the American art market. So you wouldn't have a 20-page story, but you might have four or five-page stories. And these has been a format that's always been kind of popular over here. Uh, less so in re recent years because print issues with print media as a whole and dwindling readerships. Uh, but it was something that I grew up on, like one of the comics that, one of my first comics that I remember collecting on a regular basis was uh, the UK Sonic the Comic publication, which worked on that basis. So it was like Sonic the Hedgehog comics, but there was five different ones in each, in each, in each issue, and you'd get three or four part stories told over the space of three or four, four weeks. And that would have been a tradition that I would I have come up on. And so when she said I wanted, she wanted to do something like that, uh, going on a more kind of uh, a more modern basis it was something i was really interested about so she's asked put the call out for people to send her pitches and ideas so i sent her this this idea that i'd had that i'd formulated in one of uh, the comic writing workshops that have been, been held here a couple of uh, months prior uh, about this photojournalist who moonlighted as an assassin uh because i thought there was interesting dichotomies the terminology involved and the iconography involved, uh, like the clearest one is like, you know, people talk about having a good shot when you're taking photographs and clearly you can mess about with that and you can make puns off, off that. But like, the more I looked into it, the more, and I have a friend who's a professional photographer and I was chatting about it with him. And the more I looked into it, the more the kind of overlaps seemed apparent. So I basically just picture like that, that one line pitch I gave you or earlier on this idea of, uh, Lois Lane, if she was secretly John Wick. I gave her that and she seemed very much interested and asked me to come back with a six chapter proposal. So I kind of boiled down what the stories of the six chapters would be uh, to one page. I gave a log line and kind of a general concept and flavor of it all. So I noted like influences like Le Carre uh, and other crime and espionage comics. And so I, I gave what the outline of what the six chapters would be and she was happy enough to do it. And so that's how I got, became involved in the project. Uh, at that stage, it wasn't an artist involved, uh, but she had had people get in contact with her independently of my submission 
asking if you look at there's anyone who needs to be paired up with a writer, I'd be happy to work with them. And so she sent me on a couple of port portfolios of people who had been reached out to her. And when I saw Raquel's work, uh, it's such a unique style and a different style to what you'd see in a lot of mainstream comics. That's like, oh, that, that has to be it. It was just like, the color composition and everything. There was, there was just something there that said, I could work well, well with her on that. Very cool. And so the, the first uh, issue of this has been successfully kickstarted. Um, and you said it's six, um, you have six stories. So, you know, we'll probably see in future months or in, you know, some time frame, um, more stories. Are you limited to the amount of pages that you have in this project? Or can you sort of, you know, one could be three to four, maybe the next one could be six. Um, how does that work? Uh, it was part of the pitching process was uh, to find out how many pages you wanted. And I said, give me five pages for each chapter. So each chapter is confined to five pages. So Volunteer is going to have 12 different stories from 12 different creative teams, of which I'm only one. Mm -hmm. So some of them are different lengths. Some of them are two or three pages. There's one guy, I think it's just one page he's doing it every month. Uh, but the idea is that they're all still self, they're ongoing narratives. So Lens is one story told over six chapters. So in total, it's 30, 30 pages, which mm -hmm. doesn't seem like much, but each chapter, five-page five chapter, is meant to be its own digestible and consumable unit of story. So while, obviously, it's a serialized narrative, and when you, you read all of them together, it forms one story, each of them, and part of the goal that Claire set for us as part of the project, was that they have to be consumable of themselves like you might you might be dropped in media res if you come into chapter three not having read chapter one but mm -hmm. you should still be able to read it without necessarily needing that that information and should still be someone who reads chapter three should not feel oh that's five pages that i've spent and i know nothing but more about the characters there has to be a, a good chunk of story involved and had to be satisfying read but and i think part of the reason why i why the five chapter five pages work for me is because I kind of I to I think to understand I honed a lot of that kind of skills doing the four pages for mixtape that when I had to tell chapters of one story but make them consumable and make make them digestible for people that I was still able to hit those beats that would bring them back the next month for the next issue but probably in like an extent to what Stan Lee used to say that every comic is someone's first comic so mm -hmm. you have to, to read it regardless of where you pick it up from. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, I, I was actually thinking that out in my head when you were talking that the, every comic is somebody's uh, first comic and you have to, you have to find that sort of middle ground where you're, you're telling the story, but you're also, you know, you're giving them bits and pieces of information so that they know like um, a little bit of like, you know, backstory and, and stuff like that. But you got to find creative ways to do that. Now, did five pages seem like uh, a lot? Or did, um, you know, transitioning from four to five, or did it seem like it was just a, a minor difference? It was really a minor difference. It was more so looking at the project as a whole and looking at it as, okay, it's six chapters, five pages a chapter. So that's 30, 30 pages. So that was still, like, this is the first long form or ongoing narrative I've, I've had to write or that I've written that's getting, getting put out there. And that was the challenge in swapping from the four-page self-contained short story to an ongoing narrative because you you don't want you need to structure your story in such a way that 
it's not going to feel like you're drawing out any one particular scene or chapter like that, that like there has to be no filling there still has to be all killer there has to be all killer no filler throughout those six chapters and that was the part like i struggled with it at some points in the initial drafting stages of my of the scripts of trying to figure out okay like well, how long do i give to this how much space do i, I give give to that versus no, no no and what will keep the reader going and what will keep the story flowing without seeing like it's just padding and that was where I, I kind of struggled a bit. Like, and it was, it was a great learning process and Claire's help on that end as, as an editor was invaluable. Uh, but it was trying, and part of that involved going back to those old 2080 or Sonic comic things that I read and say, okay, well, how did they do it there? Like when they only had five pages, what were they do, doing to keep the story flowing, keep people coming back to the next one? Very cool. So sort of the overall picture of Lens, um, you know, you're in, uh basically i i'm thinking about this you have one of six that's you know for lack of a better term ready to go to print uh you have so you have five more chapters to do do you at this point do you sort of have like a general outline of like chapter two i'm doing this chapter three i'm doing this or are you already down to a sort of like um you know uh a more intense outline, like, you know, page one of chapter two, we're going to do this page two of chapter two, we're going to do this. Where are you sort of in the, in the planning stages here? Well, from my end and from the production end for lens, at least, uh, lens is done. Oh, okay. All, uh, all six chapters. I finished writing the six, those six chapters back in January. Okay. So this, those scripts have been with Claire and the artist that, in terms of the artwork as well, we we we've done all the all the artwork on it, okay. uh, so it's essentially ready to go for as long as as, as soon as Bun and T comes out. Uh, the idea at the moment is that Bun and T will launch uh, in November at some point, the first issue, and that will be around for Thought Bubble, which is a big convention over in the UK. Uh, but it's done. So like while I was writing a chapter to chapter, and I would, the kind of aim I gave myself and kind of agreement myself and Claire had was that I'd send her a chapter every week or two weeks mm-hmm. so that we could then send it on to Raquel because uh, Raquel's process is, is very interesting she almost does it akin to uh, what a lot of mangaka do where mangaka do a storyboard so while they're thumbnails but they're advanced thumbnails that are readable and have everything that you would need to read the comic properly and get a sense of what the comic was about so we kind of get a chat I, the, I had the detailed outline and everyone ha- had that. I'd do a chapter and then I'd send to Claire. Claire would send back notes if there were to be notes I had and then it'd be sent off to Raquel. Raquel would do up this storyboard, mm-hmm. uh, which essentially be a readable version of the comic, uh, including a colour palette tests show where if there's a splash of blood in the scene, where that would be, or if we're going to looking at impact, how would that be? And so we had all that done with quite some time. And then it was just going back and doing the final artwork then on each of the chapters. So, and all, and so it was like, then it was a continuing process, but everything has been done for Lens for, for a bit now. So there, there's no fear in terms of that. We, we planned it out, out and it's all ready to go. The only thing that would change would be slight tweaks from a lettering perspective, but mm-hmm. it's all ready to go. And Raquel does everything herself. She does the line art, she does the, col- the colouring, and she does the lettering. So. 
Oh, very cool. Um, so do you have the opportunity um, once this is all, all the bun and tea issues come out, or do you have the ability to collect it yourself as, you know, a single volume? Yes, yes. Uh, everything in bun and tea is all creator owned. Everything is being, everyone retains their rights. So after uh, a certain period, you're allowed to reprint stuff. So I'd hope to get a, a collection together of the first arc of Lens. Uh, lens like a lot of sort of espionage pieces it's one of those things where each mission can be self-contained but there can be many missions very cool so while the six chapters of lens tell one self-contained story that i would argue and hope that people find satisfying uh, of itself and while it leave it leaves still leaves things open so that there can be another mission if we decide we want to do another mission down the line Nice. Okay. So um, let's do another transition to, um, do you have a, you know, you just said that Lens is completed and you're just sort of, uh, you know, watching the process as it comes out. Um, what future plans do you have? I'm assuming you're going to, you have more projects in your mind that you're sort of formulating or are you already in the, in the writing process for something? Yeah. So like, I like to always be working on bits and pieces. So I, like, I still like doing those self-contained short stories. Uh, because I think they're just good at writing exercises and they're an opportunity to get things out and have continuing things coming out. So I've, I've got a couple of more short stories that are in the works. Uh, one should be coming out quite soon. I've been doing a lot of kind of self-contained crime ones okay. uh, recently. So the next one I have coming out is one I've worked on with uh, a very talented artist called uh, uh, Yuli Nicoloso. Uh, and we, we have, a, have one coming out in the next, next while. Uh, other than that, I am working on putting together Kind of longer pitches for more standard uh, American style release functions. So putting together pitches for miniseries, uh, some of them with artists who I've worked with previously on, on mixtape. And we're just in this, the, the process of going back and forth on what the project will look like, who we're going to pitch to, what we kind of want to achieve out of that. So a lot of that stuff is on the early stages, but I still have I I still have stuff that will be continually to come out like these short stories that I hope will come out. And other than that, I'm just trying to put together pitches so to try and expand uh, expand the kind of comics I'm doing and go longer and longer. So first stuff I did was four pages, and now I've done something that's a thirty page story told over six chapters. So I want to try and like, push myself to do something longer again, which is the kind of like the mini mini uh, mini series format. Very cool. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, I think that that's really like a great bit of advice is to sort of start small and, and build. I think a lot of times, uh, and I'm guilty of this, you know, you get this idea and you're very excited about it and you're sort of, you're thinking about it, you're breaking story in your head and you're, you're envisioning this sort of like grand epic that's going to, you know, go on and on and on. Uh, but, you know, to, to start small and sort of make those incremental changes uh, getting bigger each time. I think that that's, that's great advice for, for people. Uh, it was advice I got quite early on about it. Cause like, of course I've got massive ideas that if I, if you gave me, here's a million dollars, go off <laughs> and make your comic. It can be as long as you want. You can hire whoever you want to do it. Like, of course there's things I'd like to do with that. But like, it was like, one is not feasible in terms of newbie creators doing that in, just in terms of access of like who are you going to get to publish it but also particularly if you're the writer and you're the project manager and you're funding the project yourself like comics aren't cheap no 
like they're not cheap, cheap at all. Like, you know, so like if you start small, it's more realistic that you'll get something done. And if needs be, you fail faster. Maybe you write a four page short story, you get it drawn up and it ends up being crap. But at least you've got something that you can now say, okay, I've learned from that process of scripting that short story, having it produced, and I know where the failings were. So like, and you'd hope that maybe if you do that, the next one would be slightly better, better then. So like that, that's kind of like, it's, it's achievable. And I just think it's a good thing to like start small and then go from there. And there's, there's, there's no harm in that. I think that's probably like the best thing any newbie creators would want, would be want to do. Cause like, it's all right if they've got a four page, I'm sorry, four issue series that they want to do. But if they quit after two issues, then there's nothing done. Mm-hmm. But if they get a four page short story and they just get out there, it's done at least. Mm-hmm. And something they can show to people and said, I actually put effort into it and I did it. Yeah. Okay. So I think, uh, I think, uh, I think that's going to do it for us, but um, I'd like to give you the opportunity to let people know where they can find you on social media, especially with the, you know, more issues of uh, bun and tea coming out, you know, people should be able to keep track of, of your, your projects and we'll let people know. So why don't you let everybody know where they can find you online? Yeah. So I'm, I'm on Twitter. So I'm, my handle on Twitter is M underscore Garrod. So it's M underscore G-E-A-R-O-I-D. If they look up Gary Maloney on Twitter, they should be able to find it. Uh, I'm Gary Maloney 42 on Instagram. Uh, the Limit Break Comic Collective that we have going, we've got our own website. So that's limitbreakcomics.com. And then if you want to follow Bun and T itself, Bun and T is also on, on Twitter. So it's Bun T Comic on, on Twitter. And uh, yeah, so like the Kickstarter is done now, it's funded. First issue will be co- coming out. Uh, there will be obviously, oppor- it's, there will be opportunities for people to get either digital copies or physical copies of it after that it's come out. So if they follow either myself or the Bonanti account on Twitter, they'll be able to figure out all, all that sort of stuff and know where they can get that comic or anything else we're doing at the moment. Very cool. And I'll make sure that I uh, put all of those in the, the show notes for anybody listening that wants to, to go in. Um, I, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very excited. Uh, you know, I've seen some pages of Lens and it's very cool. So I'm very excited to, to read more. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before we, we tie up this interview? No, just to thank you very much for the chat. It was, uh, it was a great, great chat and I really enjoyed it. Okay, thanks. And I think you did, uh, you, you did a great job and there was lots of key bits of advice as far as like, uh, starting small and, and finishing and, and building. I think that that's uh, great advice for, for anybody trying to, to make some comics. So um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. And if they could go on and give us a rating and review at whatever podcasting service they're using, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Um, if you want to give us a follow, we're on Twitter at ConstructComPod. We are on Instagram at Constructing Comics Pod, and we are on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Constructing Comics. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel called Constructing Comics where we put up some of our more visually heavy uh, episodes. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening and encourage everybody to go out there and make some comics of your own. Thank you. <laughs>